Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Transformative Love. Love is in the air. The podcast that talks vocation, love, and mission, celebrating the valiant woman that was Mary Ward. I'm Joanne Carter, your host. Before we get into this episode, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country, all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people across Australia, paying our deepest respect to their elders past, present and emerging. So today we have uh, Darcy McCormick and we will get to know you shortly. Uh, but the, the one thing that I do know about you is you are the principal of St. Mary's College in Parkville and... The other thing I do know about you, so it's not one thing really, the other thing that I do know about you from our phone conversation, which I think is, you know, interesting, uh, is that you grew up in New Zealand on a farm. Will you tell us a little bit about that adventure of growing up as a child <laughs> on a farm? Sure, John. Um, yeah, I grew up on a farm inland from Napier, which is on the North Island of New Zealand, the East Coast. Um, in a, a Catholic family. Um, yeah, as you do. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it was a, a really, um, you know, a healthy, wholesome environment. You, you certainly get to know nature and the different seasons and the, the cycles that go with that. And, yeah. and um, five kids, I was number two of five. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It's a middle child. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, our lives very much rotated around the farm, being involved in different aspects of the farm. Um, What was your favourite thing on the farm doing? um, I think I used to love feeding out hay to the the, um, animals in winter, um, you know, on the back of a tractor and trailer or Land Rover and just um, helping being part of that. I remember learning to drive in a a Land Rover. It was probably highly illegal when I was a little kid and, um, you know, way (laughs) underage. But um, We won't tell anyone. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I think it was a great um, environment to grow up in. It really was. And I had, you know, fantastic parents. And um, yeah. yeah, so it was, I think, a really good. So you, you, I guess you've alluded to the fact that you grew up in a Catholic mm-hmm. um, home. Mm-hmm. So you would have a particular spirituality that I'm sure has changed and developed and uh, progressed or, or maybe not, I don't know, since you were a child. So one of the things we've been wanting in, in terms of knowing people a little bit um, deeply is we've been asking people about the belief system or the spirituality that perhaps shaped who you were as a child, but also continues to form who you are today. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. I basically, you know, went through the Catholic school system. So yeah. it was the mission sisters, sisters of the mission, R&DMs. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. A French order and then to the Marist brothers and then to the Marist fathers. Um, okay. So the New Zealand church is very Marist based. Is it? Okay, um, yeah. And so um, all of those schools, they were French orders. That came through very strongly and, you yeah. know, just in terms of even subject selection at a practical level. But, um, yeah, it was very, very strongly influenced by that Marist, deep Marist tradition in the New Zealand church. Yeah. Um, the seminary, the Green Meadows. Yeah. New Zealand and Oceania seminaries, right about four kilometres from our farm. Okay. Um, it's no longer the seminary. In the 90s, it moved to yeah. Auckland. But um, so, yeah, it was, it was very deeply um, a Marian um, tradition. Catholicism. Yeah, yeah, very so much Mary so. So Mary is a huge um, figure, I guess, 
It's 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 the same for me in, uh, growing up in a Chaldean home. Yeah, yeah. Mary is such a huge uh, influence, uh, influence and, yeah. and on the way we see our spirituality. And so, what would you say then now? In a world that, um, well, living in a secular world, I, I hate using that word, but uh, living in a world where I guess religion and the way that we perceived it does not take uh, precedence, how do you then uh, live this faith today? Yeah, I, th- I think um, when, I, when I left the farm situation and I went to university in Dunedin, 800 kilometres away, yeah. Um, that was the first time that I really encountered that and felt challenged in my in terms of my own faith. So you're going into a secular university, a secular residential college, um, and that was a jolt. I, uh-huh. I really struggled in that first year or two, um, but there was a good Catholic society on campus yep. um, that I gravitated towards in my first year. Yeah, and I guess it was that I felt at home there, but there was certainly not the Marist um, influence. Yeah, it was Dominican. Oh, Um, was it? mm, Oh, okay. How Um, did you find it? But that's a a huge... um, Jump, yes. Jump? It it really was. A very, you know, academic Dominican um, tradition, um, but a couple of really good um, chaplains there. Um, And then I came across to Melbourne, um, and again, it was another sort of jolt um just the the sheer pace of life the yeah. the size of everything but i landed at st mary's from day one oh, and wow. i think that is what really um made me feel at home very quickly the, the mary ward spirituality yeah, absolutely and, oh wow um and okay. i felt very comfortable with that right from the start yeah um, well one of the things i have um obviously I'm I'm a Mary Ward woman. Uh, I feel, and I've only really I I say that I am newbie in the Mary Ward world because I am. Um, but one of the things, what when I was getting to know the sisters, um, the Loretto sisters, uh, as I was getting to know them, I was coming to know the Mary Ward story, and I was learning about this Mary Ward woman, and I was intrigued, and and uh, one day I was walking. Uh, I studied at Melbourne Uni. I did a, a master. So I was, I was walking the yards at Melbourne Uni because I love it and I do a bit of photography. So I was taking some photos of the architecture. And, and I came across this building um, and this sign. And as you probably do know it, um, and, and it's right at the front and it says, Seekers of Truth, Doers of Justice. Mm. And I thought, ah. Oh, that is such a practical spirituality. And I, I, it just struck me. And so what I did is I went home and I thought, I want to know who said that, you know, because I had no no idea of St. Mary's College. So Googled it and guess what? It's Mary Ward who mm. said it. So can you tell me a little bit about that, uh, I suppose that spirituality or what does that sign signify to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's not just on the sign, I should say. It's yeah. also, you know, on the website and in our student handbooks <laughs> and we've um, – with our leadership camps at Apollo Bay each year and the orientation, all of those programs, we cover that and, and talk a little about Mary Ward and and those famous words. Um, and I guess also um, the continuity with the Old Testament, you know, Micah and yeah. coming through in that. Um, Mary Ward would certainly have been very familiar with that. And I think she's taken it um, from a conceptual to a, a very much a lived practical yeah. um, dimension um seeking truth but 
doing justice. Or, yeah. Um, you know, I yeah. think Michael said, live justice or live justly, um, but doing justice. Mm, and and mm. so it's very, very powerful and it's very catchy. Yeah. And it resonates with young people today. It does, um, yeah. It really does. And I think that's one of the great contributions mm. she made was she was able to refresh things and present yeah. them in a way that people related to and it resonated yeah. with people. And I think um, because it, it's not bias. Yeah, and, exactly. And um, it's not also, uh, in, in a sense, it, obviously, because I, I love that you've looked at scripture as, as it's, mm-hmm. you know, that those, um, do, you know, um, seekers of truth, doers of justice comes from the scriptural tradition mm-hmm. and that Mary Ward had this mm-hmm. uh, background to, to kind of build on. And but I think we young people. I mean, this is my perception of young people. You might have a different perception, but I feel that young people um, cling on to authenticity, and they Absolutely. love a life of, uh, you know, living authentically. Mm. And I um, and I admire that about young people. Um, they say it as it is. What do you? What I mean, you work a lot with younger people, and um, tell me a little bit about that experience or what they've taught you. Mm. Yeah, and I, that, well, I love that last point. That's a little twist there, what <laughs> yeah. they've taught me, because um, that's the reality of it. But yeah, authenticity is absolutely central. It's it's critical. They can sniff out hypocrisy from, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> Which um, is great. It's an amazing quality. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, I think that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Um, so seeking truth, living authentically, um, you know, accompanying them, warts and all, um, they are incredibly open and honest yeah. and trusting mm. once they can see that you are genuine in your concern for them. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, that engagement, um, it, it often takes a while with some people, but yeah. once it happens, it is so powerful. And it is, yeah. That's when the real value added yeah. Sorry, I don't want to mean to slip into economics jargon. Well, we, we're going to go into the economics yeah. jargon because it's oh. a world that's mm. foreign to me. Yeah, but it, it is. It's it's um, living um, authentically, yeah. witnessing, accompanying. Um, they can see that and they appreciate it. And um, yeah. I think that's um, really, really powerful dimension of what Mary Ward is saying in that little quote. Um, and then to s- seek justice. Yeah, um, you know, fairness again. Mm. The youth of today that resonates with them. Yeah, um, yeah. They really do seek justice. Um, they do. They hate injustice. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the great aspects of our Catholic school system, be it of whatever religious um, religious order, um, they do that well. They do. The kids who we get at St Mary's coming to Melbourne University from the yeah. country, um, social justice. Yeah. That sense of that person hasn't had a fear yeah, yeah. They really um, get that. They do. And one of the things I often speak to the um, sisters about is we, it's a social, social justice or obtaining any form of justice. It's not a, um, a foreign concept. It's not a detachment from who we are. That's right. And I, what I, what I observe from younger people is that, they, they've started to embody justice. So it's in their language. It's in the way they do things. They talk about fairness. And one, I mean, one of the things that I, I would like to know more about you um, is that you're, an, you're in the academia world, um, which, which in a way can be practical because that's where I'm headed towards as well. It can have practical 
roots or implications or what, but it's it's more looking at you're in the um, economics side of things and history. And uh, I mean, why? <laughs> no, but, but it's, more, it's, it's why would you choose that? But um, tell me a little bit about how that, you know, that world of economics and I don't even know what economics mm, is, mm. but economics and history, how does that actually speak to what you're doing now? Yeah. And, and I'll probably want to know a little bit about what you're doing right now. Mm, yeah, sure. Um, economics can be very conceptual, mm. but it can also be very practical. Yeah. Um, and it depends where you want to position yourself within the discipline. Um, yeah. And I'm probably fairly middle of the road. Um, I'm not a pure theorist. Yeah. Um, I love the practical applications, but I also sort of realize that the practical applications depend on solid theory. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've, yeah. Got to, you've got to get on top of the theory. Um, and that in itself is an intellectual challenge. Um, yes. And... Um, about 15 years ago, I sort of, or 20 years ago, I started to move increasingly away from the economic theory, um, even though I knew that I was amused, entertained almost by yeah. it. I loved it. Yeah. You know? um, but I wanted to move into something that was more immediately about in human engagement. Yes. Um, and so my research started to shift increasingly towards more... Um, what, what you could call labor economics, but yeah. then more human resources and human relations. And I went and spent a bit of time in Chicago and it, it really had a deep impact on me. And um, when I came back... Why would I, you say it had a deep impact? Um, I think it was like an, a revelation of how powerful theories that were not directly from within economics could be to influence economic yeah, outcomes. Yeah. And um, so I started to really latch on to more practical things. That, yep. And then I had a um, an honours student, I was supervising the thesis, and he came back to me the following year and said, look, I'm really interested in going on and doing a PhD, but it's in yes. workplace bullying and harassment. Yeah. And... Mm. Um, I said, well, I'm probably not the person because I, I have no background really in that. Yeah. And um, But anyway, that's how it started. It really sort of fired my interest. And yeah. then for the last 15 years, that's been my main research yeah. focus. Um, yeah. Bullying and, and that's what, um, when we were having this a phone conversation, you said something um, about the, the pressing need for, uh, I guess, um, I don't know if I could say, uh, policies around workplace harassment and bullying, mm. um, but also in the college where you're at, you're you're working with um, people in their twenties. Are you saying nineteen twenty? Yeah, yeah. So, how would you then uh, apply that that knowledge of bullying and workplace harassment yeah, to what you're doing? Yeah, it certainly helps in terms of policy developments for the yeah. college. Um, yeah. Very much so. I mean, the the focus of society has, thankfully, moved on to those areas and into those areas in the last yeah. you know, recent years. So I think it's a really exciting time to be in that and just seeing community awareness and um, even more than awareness, the, the, the actual practical implications of that follow from that. Um, 
So policies that were written, say, in 2019, we've got a you know bullying and harassment policy yeah, yeah. already. That's now being that's outdated, rephrased, yeah. you know, and you know, broadly brought up to yeah, contemporary yeah. standards. Legislation is changing rapidly, thankfully, as well. Yeah. Um, there's just a, a real groundswell, I think, of awareness that these issues are real injustice. Yeah, and, yeah. And we need to be proactive in terms of trying to counter some of those, you know, horrid yeah. um, manifestations. So Mary Ward, going back to her quote, it's really relevant to this it stuff. It is. It is. And and I and I think that's the the probably one of the reasons why young people really can resonate with Mary Ward's spirituality because it is about their worldview. It's about living in the now. Um, and one of the things, uh, obviously, we're, you know, um, asking people uh, about to, to engage them a bit um, with the Mary Ward spirituality. How do we make it relevant? How do we make it for today? Um, and one of the things that we came up as a group when we were doing this brainstorming on Vocation Week um, is looking at uh, vocation week is about, well, well, vocation, one's, one's vocation needs to somehow be about love because this might be my opinion, but, but love is really what drives everything. Um, it, it might be love for the people that we have in our lives. It might be love for justice, but love is what drives everything. And we're, one of the, our theme obviously is transformative love, which has become, um, for some people, a vague concept. Um, but I feel like we get it. <laughs> the ones who organize this, this podcast get it. Um, but I want to know what you, how you see transformative love or how do you live or does it make sense to you at all? Yeah. Um, well, I, I was probably in the group of people who were a bit thrown by the term yeah. because I was sort of thinking, oh, what, what exactly is that? Um, I used to teach leadership and we would have, you know, transactional leadership and transformational or transformative yes. leadership. And the, the, the transactional was, you know, obviously that just robotic. And, you know, if I do that, you do that, this. Um, but the transformational was whereby um, there was an inspirational aspect to it. So yes. Um, Something that kind of moves Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so if we sort of bring that across into the love sphere, then I yeah. think it's this notion, that, you know, my interpretation of it would be mm. that um, you're motivated very deeply by a genuine concern to yes. actually help the person to develop. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I work with young people, I always have. And, yeah. you know, I think part of the reason for that is the fact you can see the next 50 or 60 years you're influencing. It's not yes. just a point right now. These people have got their whole lives ahead of them. And if you can influence and shape them and form them a little bit now, just nudging them in a direction that is perhaps not yeah. so transactional, mm. um, then I think it can have really profound effect. On I think so. That. And I think that's the challenge for young people today is We've, I, I believe that we've become more and more isolated um, yes. and we don't engage in communities as much as we used to. And some people might blame social media. Um, it's the way we live our lives. Um, and I, I find it really sad because I've got nieces and nephews. And when I look at the world, I just think, oh, I, I'm so glad I didn't grow up in this generation. But 
But looking at um, their worldview and how they how they see the you know the how they see life and how they live it, um, and I, I see this sense of isolation and what it does to people. Um, so when I, when I when I think of models to help young people, I always think community. Mm. If you don't have community, you don't really have much. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. No, yeah, I think um, coming back to where you know I am St Mary's College, I think that's its greatest strength. Yes, it's, it's it's a community. It really is for these young people who've left home for the first time, and just as I was a bit lost in my first year at uni in Dunedin. They're yeah. in the same situation. They are. Um, they've never been away from home before. No. They've got all the responsibilities and rights and um, opportunities and decision-making and autonomy. They've never had that before. No. Yeah. And if, I think it's really important that they belong, they have a sense of belonging to yeah. other people yeah. in, in a community that's a, you know, a size that it's not just anonymous, yes. but it's, it's real. Um, and knowing that they've got real friends there who will support them um, through all sorts of different challenges that yeah, they'll face, for yeah, sure. And, absolutely. You know, it's um, really um, important. And um, when, uh, when I was driving here this morning, I, um, I was listening to my favourite podcast, which is On Being, um, and it's ran by Krista Tippett, and she, I think she is a legend. Um, and one of the things she was asking uh, the person she was interviewing is, what are the joys and the sorrows of your life? You know, what, what are the things that give you joy and sorrow? So this is a, and I thought, oh, this is a great question to ask Darcy. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you could give us what are the, th and it's, it's interesting because when I was listening to the question, I thought this, is, this question is for Darcy. <laughs> so, um, not that I know you much, but I, I, it was just something that I was intrigued by, like, oh, and obviously the interview, the person that was being interviewed said, uh, one of the sorrows is is one of the sorrows and the joys is having children mm. in in living in the world today mm. and what the world looks like. Mm. So, for you, what what are the joys and the sorrows? Okay, um, I think the joys outweigh the sorrows. Um, even though at times the sorrows can be acute, yeah. um, and I think that basic sort of imbalance um, yeah. <laughs> is what carries you. Um, deep I down, think so, yeah. Yeah, I just, think so. You know, you, every day you see young people who have um, faced a little challenge, whatever its nature, and they've actually got on top of it and yeah. they've been empowered by getting on top of it and they, they're being equipped so that next year when they're on their own or the year after and something else comes along, they will have a deep sense, I can actually get through this. Yeah, um, yeah. That is the most profound joy for me when you see someone actually grappling with something. Um, and they're incredibly open. They'll come yeah. in and tell you things that I would never have had the courage to tell anyone. Um, and that's the thing about this generation, yeah, courageous. They really Overly are. courageous. Yep. Um, and... You know, you you almost are putting yourself in their shoes in a sense because they're telling you, and you're thinking, okay, I think with at a subconscious level, you're thinking, what would I do in their shoes? Yeah, yeah, Thankfully, yeah. I'm not in them. Almost. Yes. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> That's what I think. I think. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't grow up in this mm. world. Uh, you know, with with what they deal with. I yeah. think it's huge. It really is. Um, but I love that you said that balance. Oh well. Yeah, I guess there is that balance. There, I feel in a sense that the joys 
uh, carry you over and they, they do. almost transcend whatever you're going through. You get to that point where you kind of, oh, I just, trans you know, there's that moment of transcendence and, and moving across. Exactly. So exactly. now our, one of our questions, iconic question, because we have to talk Mary Ward. We all love her. That's mm, why we're here. Absolutely. Um, on her deathbed, Mary Ward said to her followers, let your vocations be constant, efficacious and affectionate. We know that that's a 400-year-old legacy um, that is still very much alive in the Mary Ward people because you're a Mary Ward person. Um, what do those words mean to you when, when you hear them? Okay. The first was constant. Was constant, yes. yeah. Um, efficacious and affectionate. Okay. Well, constant, um, it, I guess the nature of my role, it just has to be. Like the phone rings. If it rings after nine o'clock, I know there's something some like a crisis going is on there, for someone. Oh, yeah. So you keep your phone on? Absolutely. Yeah, for the Absolutely, for the, yeah. yeah. And it, it will ring, you know, at all sorts of hours and it usually involves a hospital visit or oh, someone is having yeah. a, a major personal crisis. Um, yes. So um, it has to be constant. It, you, you, it's 24-7. You're never off duty, no. if you want to use those yeah. terms. <laughs> I'm I glad hate. your phone's not ringing now. No, I switched it off for this interview. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Thank you. Um <laughs> So it's constant in that sense, but it's also constant in the sense that even after the students leave college, most of them are with us for two or three years, um, they still see St Mary's as a place they come back to. Um, and I love that. I love that connection. Yeah. I'll give you one example. I was in my office, this was a couple of years ago. No, it was pre-COVID, so it must be three years ago. Um, and I got a phone call from a student who'd been there in 2015 and 16, my first years as principal. Okay, yeah. And he said, um, Darcy, are you in your office? And I said, yes, yeah. And he said, oh, will you be there in 10 or 15 minutes? And I said, yes. And anyway, he said, oh, I just want to come and see you about something. He came in the door and his best mate had just suicided. Oh, and wow. And, um, and he just you know, came in the door and dissolved. And... Um, they'd backpacked around Europe together and done all sorts yeah. of things. And, and I was thinking about that afterwards and I thought, I think the reason he came back to St. Mary's, where he hadn't been a student for three years or something, obviously it was like a safe harbour for him. Yes. He wanted to come back and be part yeah. of that community where mm. he felt his values Lay and he's he's not a regular church goer or anything no, like that. No, yeah. But um, but that's his community. That was his community. Yeah. And I think that is something incredibly precious that I hope the college always has, um, because in this world that we're talking yes. of, mm. you know, communities are, are just yeah. not like we, no. when we grew up. Yeah. You know, I was on the farm and you. But that's very different for these kids, and so it is in a big city. Yeah. Um, I think that sense of belonging to a real community that's going to yeah. support is absolutely precious and should be nurtured yeah. and preserved and developed as much as possible. And I guess that's a, as that's as a way of being effective. It is effective. It, it is. It makes change right. happen. Yeah, exactly. And it's and uh, we talk a lot about community hubs. And I, I feel in a sense, uh, even with, I mean, our churches, you could walk in, but it's empty. There's no community hub. And that's the thing for that young person to, to come back to St. Mary's. He knew that you would be there and there is that community that he can come back to. I think that's right. Um, and I think that's the effective, the vo your vocation 
as being effective in that sense. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I don't come at it like I'm not a religious. No, yeah. Um, but and, that, and, you know, yeah. yeah, but these are just labels and <laughs> yeah, sort they of are. Yeah. transactional definitions and things, yes. aren't they, really? Yeah. Um, and I love the fact you say, well, you're a Mary Ward person because... You know, formally, I, I've never yeah. trained as a Loretto, obviously. <laughs> oh, you, uh, you, I think you're reasons. more of a Loretto than we are. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's that sense that just swept through four centuries or whatever. Yeah, yes. And people gravitate to it. It's of real value just as much today as it's been. Yeah, you know, yeah. Ever. And and, um, and I find, and for me, that's the, the the values that she was on her deathbed when she said those words. I mean, I'm sure mm. they were not the last words. She might have said, mm. I'm in pain or something. Mm. Um, but those are the words we, we, we value because they say something about who we are in our own vocation. Um, but I, uh, for me, that's what I've uh, gauged from you is that there is this deep vocation, mm. um, and that you're providing a hub for young people to not just be there while they they're studying, but to come back. Exactly, and I I think we need to be really aware of that, and we need to shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. Because like if I again if I just speak from the college's perspective, we're being surrounded by all of these new. Um, student accommodation providers yes. and I just went on a tour of a brand new one um, and talking to the staff and everything you realize this is not what we're about no. they, they're providing a lovely um, well not even lovely but they're, <laughs> they're providing a practical bed and room yeah, and desk yeah. and meals some meals yes they're not providing community it's not a living community it just hasn't got that um, and I think that that's something to really celebrate and, and be grateful for those who've gone before us who had the foresight to actually think, well, let's put in an effort and build a living community yes. here yeah. um, for, for young women from 1918 when we started and then 77, yeah. making it co-ed. And, um, and I, I just love that fact that it evolves, but yes. the core is just as precious and valuable today as it was when it started. Yeah, yeah. So. And it, and look, Darcy, you I know that you make a difference in that place, and your role is is um, needed, and you do an amazing job. So, thank you for coming to have this wonderful conversation with us. It was a pleasure to to chat to you and get to know you a bit more. Yeah, thank no, you. Thank you so much, Juan, for having me. Thank you. Take, thank you.